God for his goodness and mercy. Amen. So good to be in the house one more time. Uh, before we get into our prayer, a couple of things I need to make mention of. We still do have our prayer breakfast this Saturday at 8 a.m. And so those of you that can make it to the prayer breakfast, please um, make your way to prayer breakfast this Saturday morning, 8 a.m. And then we get going at 10 a.m. Um, with the second portion of our mental wellness seminar, Overcoming. So Saturday morning, we'll be here front and center. Um, Friday night, as we know, hopefully we have shared the word, got the message out that we are having our first uh, mental wellness um, seminar, Overcoming, that starts at 7 p.m. this Friday, and then Saturday morning at 10 a.m. So invite someone, invite families, friends. Um, I am telling you, you don't have to try to figure out if people are struggling mentally. Don't You don't have to go down that road. Just tell them, hey, I think this is a good uh, program that our church is hosting, and I think it will benefit you if you will show up. So just invite folks. If they come, they come. Yes, ma'am? No, we're not streaming it. Yeah, we thought about it, went back and forth a few times on it. We said we won't stream it. It's private. As you can see, the reason why the room is set up like this is because we want that intimate um, setting and that people will feel comfortable and we can have a good seminar. So we're not streaming it this time around. Um, who knows in the future what we will do. But invite people out and tell them to come. Um, if you're not struggling with... Um, mental wellness um, you never know if the time will come when you will so it's always good to arm yourself with um, good teaching knowledge so you can always be prepared even if you might not be in that situation uh, at the time you're hearing and listening uh, you never know if that situation may come about in your own situation your own life so let's um, come out and hear what um, mental wellness is all about and how can we uh, move forward if we're battling with um, mental wellness. Amen. That's announcement number one. Announcement number two is um, I felt the need for us to make sure we have an established hospital ministry. We have a nursing home ministry. We have a prison ministry. And I felt like we needed to have a hospital ministry where if you or loved ones, those close to you happen to be in a hospital, that um, if you're there for any amount of time, we can come out and visit with you and can fellowship with you and pray with you. And um, I just think that it's important that we look out for one another and take good care of one another. So we've established a, a hospital ministry that will make sure um, that we do our best to visit with you. Um, as I mentioned when I established it, that most people expect, um, not you, soldier, I got your back, but most people expect that when something happens that, you know, pastor have to be there. And I understand that um, 
that's what people expect. Um, but um, tell them this first. Tell them our pastors still have a full-time job. Make sure you tell them that. Maybe people will get some urgency to make sure a pastor is not a, um, working a full-time job in corporate America. But pastors do have a full-time job in corporate America, and we can't take um, for granted that that's the job that I still have to do, even though I experience great flexibility. We still, um, I still have to work a full-time job. So I'm not always available, and this is one of the reasons uh, why we need a hospital ministry, because I'm not always available. But also, we have to, um, you know, become mature and, and kind of grow in Christ. It's different if someone is new, and you'll probably see that, you know, maybe that could be the way that I tend to um, figure out how to be at the hospital. Um, if you're new and, um, you know, relatively trying to come to know the Lord and different things like that, I'm certainly going to push a little harder to be there to visit with you or your relative. For those that are seasoned veterans, then I'm hoping that you'll be okay if um, our head of the hospital ministry or anyone from his team will come and visit with you and say hello to you. As I mentioned to him, I said when he shows up or any one of his team members show up, I want them to show up and says I'm here on behalf of Pastor Wyatt and um, the entire uh, Christ Center Church family. So you're not going to say, um, well, I went to visit so-and-so, you know, I don't know about everybody else. So I, I wanted to do that specifically. So um, Brother Kellerman is the, um, um, the head of our hospital ministry. So please, I will continue to mention it, that if you know of anyone that's connected to us that's in the hospital that is um, sick, even if they're at home, um, doesn't have, have to be in the hospital, but sick at home, and they've been there for a while, please, if it's okay, because we're going to ask those questions, is it okay for us to stop by? Because we're not going to be presumptuous that we can knock on your door and visit with you if you're sick. Some people, some people, they get sick and they don't want anybody to come see them. So it's tricky. That's why Brother Kellerman have the job. <laughs> That's why he has it. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's not as simple as you think. Um, it's not just show up and it's it's some twists and turns in it that you must have godly wisdom to do it. And so that's why he was the man for the job. And so he will help us in that area. And I will certainly work with him and his team to make sure we are effective in visiting um, our loved ones, our friends, our family members and those closest to us when they're experiencing sickness that we may care for them the right way. Amen. So keep spreading the word. Tell them to see Brother Kellerman um, if we know of anything that's going on. Right now we know that um, Brother um, Albert Crooks, um, we know it was Brother Izzy. Um, and so Brother Izzy is here tonight. And so we thank God for him getting up out of here. <laughs> Amen. I told him, I said, you're a soldier. Brother Izzy is a soldier. And so I always tease him. I said, man, stuff you've been through, I know you can handle a whole lot of things. So. He handled that one. Yes, sir.
<laughs> Soldiers don't get sick. They just don't feel well. All right. Everybody else gets sick, but soldiers just don't feel well. Amen. Well, I appreciate all of you and how we take care of one another. Keep loving one another. Keep taking care of one another. For whatsoever you sow. And um, I'll, let, I'll let the young people, Ethan, so let me let, me let you in on a secret. Um, when you start getting old, um, you start realizing your mortality. Right. And you start realizing that you're going to in a few more years, you're going to need assistance like some other people that's older than you are. And so it becomes more eminent to you to realize, man, I don't want people mistreating me when I get to that age. So I better start treating them good. But when you know where your age, we don't think like that because that's far off. So you got to realize that um, we realize that that one day we'll get older if the Lord's will and he keeps us that long and we don't want to be mistreated. So you'll find that um, people that are seasoned, we make sure we take care of others because we know we're not far from that state where we're going to need um, taking care of. So that's the secret why you see um, it's easy for us to say, let's go make sure we take care of so-and-so. And also I laugh at this one um, um, folks that are um, mature I don't know why, but they just don't mind going to funerals. When you're young, you don't want to go to any funeral. You're like, if I got to go, I'll go. But I'm not going. You get a little mature, you like, you go to every funeral you can. I'm like, what is that? Funerals are almost like a party. <laughs> they, don't go to, they don't go to parties anymore. They go to funerals. <laughs> well, funer, funer, hey, funerals are like party in some places in the world. I'm not lying to you. They turn funerals into party. Well, let's stand. We're going to pray and get right into the word of God tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray together. Jesus, we love you. We adore you, Lord, for you are our king, our God. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. We're so thankful, Lord. We're so grateful to stand in your presence and to continue to be in awe of you. Lord, there is none like you. There is none that can compare to you. You are the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the true and living God, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Jesus, we honor you tonight. We love you. We worship you. We adore you. We want your will to be done tonight in Bible study, Lord. We repent of our sins, Lord. We ask that you will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Forgive us of our sins, almighty God. Wash us tonight by the washing of your word. Allow us, O oh God, to be attentive to the word of God. Help us tonight to be focused and to have understanding. And to be, almighty oh God, doers of your word and not just mere hearers. Lord, bless our time of being together. We thank you for touching Brother Izzy and having your way in his life. We pray tonight for Brother Darrell that you will touch him and strengthen him and heal him. We pray that you will continue, Lord God, to touch Brother Crooks, Lord, that you will heal him, make him well, and strengthen him. Lord, we don't want to leave this place without a touch from you, without, Lord God, receiving from you. We give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Let everyone say amen. Let's clap on to the Lord and thank him tonight. 
Amen. You may be seated. We have the sanctuary set up a little different tonight because we start tomorrow night our mental wellness seminar overcoming. And this is the way the experts wanted the room to be set. They want it to be more intimate. And so we are set up like this because um, this is how we will be tomorrow night. So um, come on out, invite some people out. As we say, we will not be streaming. So if you're not here, you won't know what's going on. But come out tomorrow night and it will be something different. But it certainly will bless you. And and I'm sure we will come away from it uh, feeling better and doing better than when we came. Update on um, the building. Um, we have um, a good... Um, portion of um, what we first set out to do, we had some what we call craters in the floor because the place was a, um, a, a gymnastic folks used it and they had to put holes in the floor so when they fell, they fell on foam but it wasn't at the regular level of the floor and so we had to uh, fill those holes in so the holes were al almost like baptism tanks and swimming pools and so we had to fill them in. And I'll uh, tell you, the, the, the guy that we had doing it, he um, did a great job in getting it done. It will f finish up probably um, tomorrow. And so we thank God for that. And then um, next week, Thursday, we start doing some more work. So we're going to be working on the weekend, the weekends, maybe Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and maybe sometimes Sundays every weekend from this um, next starting next well this weekend starting this weekend all the way back to when it's done I think we have planned four weekends that we're going to be working so we're going to be working come on out anytime on the weekends between Friday and Saturday if you have time um, sometimes it will be Thursday but we'll keep you informed but come on out see what's going on or help us out in some way shape or form but things are moving along and uh, we hope to get the place um, Remodeled, looking good, with good sound system, plenty of space, so we can continue to do the work of God. Amen. Thank God for his goodness. Hallelujah. Well, last Thursday, what did we talk about last Thursday? Know your target. What's your target? Faithfulness. To be faithful is your target. And so you don't want to miss your target. Your target is to be faithful. Amen. And so know your target. Your target is to be faithful. Tonight, I want to talk to you a little bit about alignment. I want to talk to you about alignment. It is not enough to simply have purpose. You always hear me talk about purpose. I've always talked about purpose, our purpose in Christ, our purpose in Christ. And so we must have purpose. But it is not enough to have purpose and purpose is important as we know it's significant purpose is a must but we must understand our purpose and then we must align ourselves with our purpose um, we have to guard against the habit of having the information just to have the information that's kind of where we are as a society. We just like to have information because to be informed means that I'm included. 
to be informed means that, okay, I'm, I'm a part of what's going on. And so we will find ourselves often just being comfortable and settling for having information. But information is no good if you don't apply it. If you have information, but you never apply the information, the knowledge, if you never apply it, then what good is it? It's like having power that you're not using. What good is the power? It's like having money that is just sitting and you're doing nothing with it. You know how many people have died and they found so much money and they had so much money invested and they died and now the government take a whole lot of it because there was nothing written to say what should happen to the money. So a lot of times we have things, knowledge, you know, whatever it is that we possess, and because we did not put it to good use, we lost it, and it didn't accomplish anything for us. So having purpose is wonderful. Having purpose is a must. However, we must align ourselves with our purpose. Understanding is one thing, but aligning with what we understand is another thing. We must ask ourselves, listen to me, let's not be distracted. We must ask ourselves, am I in alignment with what I understand my purpose to be? Am I in alignment with what I understand my purpose to be? Romans 8 verse 29 says, for this is in the NIV version, by the way. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. So in case we didn't know, our purpose is to be like Jesus. Our purpose is is to be like Jesus. We were designed, we were created to be like Jesus. Somebody say like Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's your purpose in life. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 5 said, He predestined us. To be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Again, our life, who we're supposed to be, our purpose is to be like Jesus. In Ephesians 1 and 11, it says, In him we were also chosen, having been predestined, According to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. And so it's very important to understand that we must know our purpose. However, once we know our purpose, we must align ourselves with our purpose. Because having purpose Knowing purpose, but not being in alignment with purpose doesn't help us. And so our purpose, this usually is not popular what I'm telling you, but 
it's because we, our minds are not capable for seeing far sometimes. But, but understand this. When I say your purpose is to be like Jesus, I don't want you to dismiss that because you might think that, okay, I'm going to, I can't be like Jesus or, okay, that's just something that, you know, what we can't really accomplish that, can we? But we can be like Jesus. He said that the goal is to be in the likeness of Jesus Christ. That's your purpose, because when you become like Jesus, then all the other things you're trying to accomplish becomes no problem. We have to align ourselves with our purpose. We have to align ourselves with Jesus. He is our purpose. And we must align ourselves with him. Our purpose is to be like Jesus. Watch this. And carry out his mission for mankind. Our purpose is to be like Jesus and to carry out his mission for mankind. <laughs> I guess you get to hear the second time. Third time. So, we need to be like Jesus because that's our purpose. And when we become like Jesus, it will be automatic that we carry out his mission for mankind. You know, it's just good to be obedient more often than not. A lot of times we want to understand things before we do things. And I'm not telling you it's wrong to want understanding. But what I'm telling you is oftentimes you won't understand things. And the question will be, what do you do when you can't understand it? Because I'm thinking about what I just said to you, that our purpose is to be like Jesus and to carry out his mission for mankind. And you know what's interesting about that? Some of us might feel like, well, what about me? And I, I, I can get into that, but this is what I want to get into. What we're talking about wouldn't be necessary if we would have just did right in the garden. We, we, we get ourselves all worked up about things trying to, I don't know, figure out what this is all about. And it really comes back to. We got ourselves in a mess in the garden, and so now we're spending all this time trying to fix the mess. And when you become saved, you become a part of the solution of the mess and not a part of the mess. But we want to be saved and not be a solution, a part of the solution. We want to be saved and just go about our business. But unfortunately, if you read your Bible real good, you can never be saved without Jesus. So to be saved and be a, and be and, and not be a part of the solution is impossible because to stay saved, you need to be a part of the solution. <laughs> Luke chapter five, verse 31 and 32 says, I'm here's some of the mission. So purpose is to be like him. 
and then carry out his mission. Here's some of the mission. Luke 5, 31 says, and Jesus answering said unto them, they that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. We can go a whole lot of ways with that. Sick meaning sick in the body. If you're sick in the body, you need a physician. It's not God's will that any of us be sick. So when we're sick, it, we're supposed to be healed. Whether we're healed here in, in the earth by the doctors attending to us or by a miraculous move of God in our life or by God taking us from here, which we call death in the earth, and then we leave this world and then we're healed in the world to come. Either three of those ways is the way we're healed because it's never God's will that we live in sickness. So when we're sick, it is God's will that we are healed. Somebody say amen. I'm not telling you that God will not allow you to deal with a little bit of pain here and there. Pain don't mean you're sick. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so Jesus said, I'm here for those who need a physician. So whether it's a physician because you're sick in the body, sick in the mind, sick spiritually, or it's a physician because you are unsaved, you are lost in sin, and you need to be saved. Whichever way it is, we need the physician, the almighty God, whose name is Jesus Christ, to heal us from whatever sickness we're experiencing, whether it's sin or sickness in the body or the mind. But he said, I came for those who needs to be well. Mm -hmm. So if we're going to be like him and we're going to follow his purpose, then we're supposed to cater to those who are sick. I only got one amen. Oh, a little distracted or something. The room set up differently, so all of a sudden now we can't think. We're, we're just... Uh, the white I'm, i appreciate you you know y'all praying for me sunday because these are things i need prayer for everybody just i don't know i'm trying to wheel everybody and bring everybody in and say focus but i can sense when you're struggling to focus luke chapter 19 verse number 10 says for the son of man is come to seek and to save that which was lost so we know that we are supposed to be like Jesus and we're supposed to carry out his mission. And so we understand his mission is what? To help those who are sick and whether it's sick in the body, sick in the mind or spiritually sick or just lost. We ought to attend to them and we ought to attend to those who need salvation. That's our purpose in life in all of that god will bless you if that's what you like to hear god will provide for you god will keep you in all of that but we don't realize that if we stay focused on what god wants us to stay focused on all the other stuff will just come right along god is a good god and we say it all the time and somehow we we forget it when you start to hear communication about faithfulness 
when you start to hear communication about being like Jesus, when you start to hear communication about help him to carry out his mission, to, to help those who are sick, to, to, to help those who are lost and, and don't know who he is, we somehow seems to not connect with that for whatever the reasons are. And we don't really understand that all the other things that you're in need of, you will get it. The scripture says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things, all the necessity, all the desires that you have will be added on to you. But we don't even realize that sometimes we fool ourselves to think, well, God, give me the things that I need because I'm stressed and then I'll serve you. Whether you say it or you don't, that's kind of how we process Lord, you don't understand. We, we think we, we just think we're under pressure and things are just difficult and I'm struggling and I got to get it together. And God, if you would just give me a reprieve and if I can just get over the hump with this financial situation, Lord, I'll be able to serve you. And we kind of conduct our life this in that manner. That whatever our plight, whatever we are dealing with, whatever our challenges are, we tend to focus on that and say, God, if you would just get that resolved, then I can get to freely serve you. Let me tell you a secret. If God just say, okay, I'm going to go with that with you. Okay, no problem. Let me work with you on that. That's what you need me to fix. He will fix it. And right after he fix it, another thing come up. And then he fixed that one, and then another thing come up. You will never serve him if he allow you to behave and function like that. But if you put your focus on him, if you stay faithful to him, if you seek to be like him and follow his mission, then you will see the things that you thought was so a big problem or an issue or a concern or I need help with, you'll realize, man, I'm not even worried about that. Not even worry about that. Alignment. Alignment is defined as the proper positioning or state of adjustment of parts in relation to each other. It is coming together in the way things were meant to be. Coming together in the way things were meant to be. What Jesus is doing in our life, if we will let him, is bring us into alignment the way things were supposed to be. Can I tell you this? We don't realize that when we are out of alignment, and I don't have enough time to get into that because there's a whole lot to deal with there. When we're out of alignment, we exert more energy and we work so much harder to do what we're trying to do to the point where we get distressed to the point where we sometimes just quit flat out quit because we feel like this is too hard but it's hard because we're out of alignment with with God this is why it's hard <laughs> I knew that. I knew that. That's why I wasn't going that way. If you deal with a car or even a bicycle or a bike, it doesn't matter. If they're not aligned, if they're not in alignment and lined up properly, you're going to see how quickly they start wearing down. 
it's just the way it is. But we don't realize it. We're still, a, we, we, we become accustomed and okay with the hard work and, and, and just working harder and exerting more energy and, and just wearing ourselves out trying to serve God. And then when we can't go anymore, we get tired and we say, man, God, or man, preacher, or man, church, I need to take a break. And we have to take the break because we never really came in alignment with God. We was always trying to do this thing the way we think we need to do it. When things are out of alignment, things do not run smoothly as they should. And they exert so much more work and energy. Alignment matters. And it matters a great deal. It is an absolute must. In groups, in organization of all types, whether it is a sport, a, a sporting team or a Fortune 500 company or the church, alignment is essential in preserving core values, in reinforcing purpose and working progress toward the goals and aspirations. Brother Kellerman, I got to tell you, I appreciate often when we pray in the morning and you pray the vision of this church. Most people don't do that, but you always do. And I said, I got to bring it to our attention. When we started our reach campaign to raise money to, to, to purchase the property that we were going after, we talked about our vision. We talked about our mission. We wrote it down and put it down on statement. But sometimes we allow it to escape us because, again, we're focused more on what we're dealing with in our personal life and we're not focusing on being in alignment with Christ. Our vision for our church is to establish a 21st century apostolic church that is Christ-centered in lifestyle, in principle, and in power. Be like Jesus. We just want to be like Jesus in these times. That's all. We just want to be like Jesus in these times. We will reach the loss with this wonderful gospel of Jesus Christ and make disciples of each born again believer and equip them to do the work of the ministry. That's what we'll do in this church. This is the kingdom of God. And that's what we'll do. Our purpose is to be like Jesus and to fulfill his mission. If you can't grab a hold of that, you're going to always remain out of alignment. If you can't grab a hold of that, you're going to be working harder than you should. If you can't grab a hold of that, you're going to wear down quickly. If you can't get a hold of that, somehow, some way, you're going to find yourself just flat and tired and done and broken because the in order for us to thrive and in order for us to really uh, accomplish our purpose and and do what God designed us to do we have to be in alignment with him churches would be better served by focusing on alignment with the purpose of God we see this in the fivefold ministry. Mm -hmm. 
alignment with the purpose of the fivefold ministry as stated in Ephesians. Here we go. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And so the Lord is working through us, but we must be in alignment with his purpose. Understand this. I like to talk about this because I don't know if we think about it much. The Lord gave these gifts. A lot of times we want to think I'm, I'm, you know, I'm gifted to be a prophet. I'm gifted to be an apostle. I'm gifted to be an evangelist and on and on and on and on. None of us are gifted except for God working his gift through us. That's really what it comes down to. We don't like to say it that way because it sounds good by saying, listen, I know I'm a prophet. And the truth is, you can only prophesy if the Lord allows you to prophesy. But we like to make it look really exciting and, 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 and like, you know, look at me because, you know, I'm important. When the truth is all the gifts, not just these that are listed here, all the gifts come from God. And he determines if he wants to flow them through us and when he wants to flow. But it's his gifts, not ours. And so the Lord chooses whom he wants to operate these gifts through and when he wants to operate these gifts. This is why you don't want to go talking about I'm a prophet. Because you can show up and you can't prophesy. Or if you prophesy, you prophesy a lie because God is not, God decided I'm not going to let you prophesy right now. They prophesy. But if you would just say, listen, I'm just a saint of God, I'm a servant of God, and however God see fit to use me, I just make myself available. That changes the whole game now. Because you showing up saying I'm a prophet and you can't prophesy, you know the people that's not in church. I thought you was a prophet. Yeah, she brought her pastor here talking about he's some prophet. He couldn't prophesy nothing. But it's how we have communicated. It's how we have kind of, you know, talked about this thing. Oh, I know I'm a prophet. I know I'm an evangelist. I know I know what you're saying, but I still I'm just always careful when I'm talking about God's gifts and God's stuff. I'm always careful about because I know it's God, just like how I know God blessed this church with this wonderful situation, and I know it's God, and I will not say anything outside of that. I will not allow myself to think that we did something you know, like, you know, we're so great. Won't do it. I don't know about you. Be careful. I won't do it. It's God's work in his plan, and we are just conduits. It's God's work in his plan through us how he see fit. And that's all it is. Not because we've been called to be this, 
or we've been called to be that. We're just humble servants of God and God decide how he wants to work through us. That's all it is. Got a call the other day. Somebody said, man, I didn't know you were the superintendent for your district. I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I said, but you know, just like I know, superintendent is spelled W-O-R-K. And he just laughed. He said, you got it. You got it. You got it. When you look at these things as I'm serving God and he's just going to allow me to serve in whatever capacity you realize, whatever it is, all I'm doing is serving God in this capacity. It's just W-O-R-K. I don't look at it as anything else. And I understand maybe I'm behind the eight ball easing and maybe because I wasn't born in Pentecost. I don't know how y'all going to handle it. That was grow, that was born in church. And I hope y'all don't handle it like y'all entitled to anything. I wasn't born in this, so I, I'm not entitled to anything. And so I don't go around trying to tell people who I am and let them know my status because I knew I was not born into this. And I know whatever is going on in my life, God has done it. And I can't walk around like I'm entitled. I know there's some people and I'm not mad at them and I'm not talking bad about them. But I know some people, they throw titles around so you stand at attention when they show up. Listen, man, I, I cry oftentimes like, God, I don't know if how you allow me to be in this spot and sometimes I want to run and hide I just want to cover up so because I don't even understand how I find myself here because I really do know it's him and nothing about me and maybe it's just because I wasn't grow I wasn't born in church I didn't grow up in church you know it just might be a little bit different but be careful when we think that whatever is happening with us it's because of us not because of us just the goodness of God just the goodness of God. The scripture says for the perfecting of the saints on the meaning of the word rendered here, the perfecting, perfecting of the saints. It properly refers to the restoring of anything to its place. Then putting in order, alignment, making complete. Here it means that these servants of God, us, all of us, that it talked about, prophets, apostles, and evangelists, and pastors, and teachers, we're all just servants of God, and we get designated by these offices sometimes just so God can show the diversity of what he's doing. Here it means that these servants of God were appointed in order that everything in the church might be well arranged, <laughs> or that the church might be complete. <laughs> in other words, that we might be in alignment with what God's will is for his people. It is that the Christians may have every possible advantage for becoming complete in Christ, in his love, in knowledge, and in alignment with him. The need for alignment can easily be seen in the fact that the church is a body that consists of many members. And so in 1 Corinthians Chapter 12, verse number 14. Write that down. Study that up a little bit. Uh, just a little tidbit here. As you grow in Christ and you begin to read the same scriptures, they will begin to talk to you in different ways. They will begin to reveal things to you that you never really understood 
but it's because you're growing in Christ. So this text that we're about to read, you may have read it before, may have read it many other times, but maybe it will be different to you tonight as we go through it when we're talking about alignment. Verse 14 says, for the body is not one member. It's one body, but it's not one member. Are we there? The body is one body, but it's not one member that makes up that body. Okay. If the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, am I not of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? Can I stop here and tell you? Let's appreciate people for who they are. The body, rayon, is one body, but it's made up of different members, a whole lot of members. If you start, you know, going down the body, whether it's the internal organs or the external, you know, limbs or whatever, the body is made up of many members. And what makes that body healthy is when all the members are functioning in alignment properly. So whether you want to like it or not, we're dependent on each other. So we need to appreciate people's individuality for who they really are to say, man, I'm glad. We need to say that a lot of times when we walk in the church. I'm glad you're a part of the body of Christ. Because what that person is doing for the body, whether you know it or you don't, is helping the body. And if you're a part of the body, you want the body to be the best it can. You want the body to be healthy and thriving and in alignment and functioning the way it's supposed to be. So you ought to appreciate your brother and sister to say, I'm glad you're a part of the body. Because there's something in the body that your brother or sister could be doing that you are not doing. There's some of us that's going to pray a little longer, pray a little harder, and some of us that won't. Appreciate that sister or brother that's praying harder and longer because they're making the body better. There's somebody that's going to go into jail and teach Bible study in the jail, but you won't go into jail. Appreciate that brother or sister that's going into jail, that's teaching. Those that will go in the hospital or the nursing home or go in the streets or teach son, we ought to appreciate everybody because we're contributing to the body and we need everybody to contribute in the way they are contributing. We can't be thinking, well, we could use more people out here on the streets for evangelism. Where y'all at? Ah, you just do your thing. The body needs to cover all of what the Lord Jesus needed to cover. And so sometimes your ministry might seem like you know, it's only a couple of people that's participating. Don't get no attitude. Just keep doing what you're doing. And if you need help, just say, Lord, I need help. And then you come and tell me you need help. And so you pray to the Lord for help and tell me you need help. And then both of us will be praying for help. <laughs> that's what it'll be. <laughs> we thought I was going to find you some help and say, here, here you go. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, not in the kingdom. I can't do that in the kingdom. This is God's business. So we got to pray together until he sends the help. But we got to appreciate one another because we we're all most of the time doing different things in the body. But we need what each other does to keep the body going. Watch this. Verse 18. But now had God set the members. <laughs> I love this text. This one is highlighted because this is important. But now had God set the members, every one of them in the body as it had pleased. I can go on and on about that one because that's the one, the text that I have to tell you, you can't be a Christian and do whatever you want. It, 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 it's not it's it's not possible. You can't maintain that title Christian and live how you want. Just it's just the way it is. Don't don't even be mad. Just say to yourself, I have to be what God wants me to be to call myself a Christian. It's his deal. He is the one that is the architect of the body. And so if you're a Christian, it means you're a part of the body. And if you are a part of the body, you didn't put yourself in there. He put you in there. And he put you just where he needs you to be, Sister Kellyman, so you can do just what he wants you to do. So you don't really have a choice. Once you understand Jesus Christ is Lord of lords and king of kings and he died for your sins and God manifest in flesh and you recognize that and you repented of your sins and got baptized in Jesus name, got filled with his spirit, you were added to the body by him and you were positioned in a certain place where he wants you to be. You don't have a choice anymore. You don't have a choice anymore because whatever he puts you in the body to function as, who knows the commitment that's going to be required for that? Who knows the, 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 the sacrifice that's going to be required for that? Not you, because you've never been there. So you can't decide, well, I, I just, I don't know. I can't be doing all that. Say what? Say what? You can't be doing all of what? Then maybe you're not a part of the body. And if they were all one members, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. So some of us, we look and say, they need to be doing more for God. How you know? This tells me that some of these members that might to us seem feeble, that might seem soft, that might seem like they're not doing what you think they should do, they're necessary. <laughs> And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God had tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. 
that there should be no schism. That word schism there means no division, no split, no gap in the body, but that the members should have the same care. One. Oh, I love it. This is beautiful. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. So, Brother Kellerman, when you or anyone from the team show up, it's like we all showed up. That's right. Because we are a Bible-believing people. When each part of the body is fulfilling its purpose, the body functions properly. If a member of the body ceases to function within its proper positioning, the body suffers. Watch this. In order for the body to function properly, all the members of the body must be in alignment. Not just my position, not just some of you, um, your position, but all of us. And that's why it's important that we care about what everybody does. Because 90% of us could be in alignment and functioning properly and the other 10% is out of alignment. The body's still not 100%. And sometimes that's what's really going on, which should call us to prayer, should call us to caring for one another, should call us to love so we can be at 100% in alignment and in functionality. This is why we got to look out for each other. We can't just take it for granted. Well, they get on my nerves because, you know, they always doing that. No, we need them. If they're a part of the body, they're there for a reason. We need them. <laughs> In Ephesians 4, I'm finishing up here. Verse 14, the scripture says that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. So watch this. This is important to realize. When we're not in alignment, and I mentioned a little bit, we're going to find ourselves being tossed to and fro. Remember what I tell you? You'll wear down quickly. You, 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 you will find yourself losing steam and energy and, 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 and want to quit because it's just not working the way you would like. Because why? You're just not in alignment. I don't know about you. Have you ever looked at this? That when you wake up in the morning and you get a good prayer in, it seems like your day is just a whole lot different and better than if you struggle to pray that day and you're barely, you, you were thinking about other things, trying to get a breakthrough in your prayer. It just never worked the way you wanted it to. And now you got to start your day and you didn't get a nice, good prayer. So now you feel like you're working harder that day. And the day when you had great prayer, it's like you're stepping through and you are untouchable. Because it just simply comes down to, I got an alignment. And the other time I didn't get in alignment. That's what it really. So so when you get a good prayer in, man, I got an alignment. And so now I'm in alignment. Things are not hard. They're not difficult. I'm moving right through. But if I don't get a good prayer in, I'm out of alignment. Now the struggle comes in. Everything is harder. I get frustrated easier. Everything like that because I'm working harder and it's more difficult because I'm not in alignment. 
but speaking the truth in love may grow up in to him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, make it increase of the body unto edifying of itself in love. So instead of our congregation, not just ours, but congregations in general, instead of congregations being fitly joined together, it sometimes is loosely organized, not quite aligned, jumbled up, messed up, and the pursuit and desires and agendas are personal. I don't think we have a lot of that in this church. I got to be honest with you. I think we have been pretty decent in not, you know, trying to move forward in personal agendas, in trying to do our own thing, in trying to say, you know, look at me, what I'm trying to accomplish, and this is what I'm doing. I'm not worried about you guys. I don't feel like we, as a church, have really done a whole lot of that. I think we've been pretty good in just trying to do God's will. So let's keep trying to do God's will and never get to that being an individual, an island unto ourselves, and and let's be in alignment with God and not trying to do some other things. If the church leaders are not in alignment with their purpose, equipping the saints for the work of the ministry and are instead given to individual pursuits, desires, and agendas, they will lead people to do the same. So if you're not on target and not in alignment, if you're leading any ministry, the people you're leading will not be on point, will not be in alignment, and you will be frustrated. Instead of pointing fingers at others for their lack of commitment and dedication, church leaders should look in the mirror. If the church leaders are not aligned with purpose, how can they expect others to be in alignment? The church in North America is facing great crisis. It cannot afford to continue with business as usual. For the church to thrive, alignment is a must. Alignment is a must. Now let me tell you some secrets as I close up here. Vision is, a, is, is very essential in aligning people with their purpose as well as the overall success of the church vision we have lived that and we will continue to live it god gave us a vision for what he wanted to do with us and where he was taking us and how he will use us to affect our surroundings and because we came together because the vision was spoken and written down we were able to all come together and align ourselves with the vision in our morning prayer in our spiritual journey in our giving in our in our everyday prayer in our obedience and submission we came together and aligned ourselves with the vision and here we are God has shown us we have what it takes to be as successful as God want to make us because God has already shown us if we will follow his vision, if we will stay in alignment with his vision, we will always hit the target. We will always accomplish his will. We will always do what needs to be done. 
He's shown it to us. We don't have to guess. We don't have to read the Bible and says, well, that was in the Bible. No, we have our own experience. I've always prayed, God, give us our own experience. I've heard about the miracle signs and wonders. I've heard about your power manifesting. I've heard about blind eyes open and deaf ears unstopping. I've heard about thousands receiving the Holy Ghost, speaking with tongues. I've heard about thousands being baptized in Jesus' name. I've heard of it, Lord. But I know that we can have it right here where we are and we're claiming it in Jesus' name. Let's not live off of what we heard from other people. As a matter of fact, you really, really want to hear this? Some of the stories that you're hearing, those people that's telling the stories, it's not their story. They heard it from somebody else. We're not into that. Let's get our own stories. Let's get our own stories. Let's have our own experiences of the power of God. Let's just come in alignment with God's purpose. And so we will be able to have our own experience that when we talk, we're given firsthand description of what God is doing. Not what we heard that happened in Louisiana. Not what we heard that happened in Texas. Not what we heard that happened in Mississippi or Indiana, but no, we're telling them what we're experiencing right here in New Jersey. <laughs> Listen, as a pastor, I, there's quite a bit of responsibility that I have, but I try to, as I live my life, um, I try to make sure I categorize or prioritize, I should say. Because if you don't prioritize, especially when you get busy, <laughs> you get consumed. So you got to prioritize and function that way. So if this is calling for me to do something there, but there's a higher priority on the board, that got to wait. And so you function off priority. But I've narrowed down a lot of my responsibility and, and, and three of them that's significantly important to me that I must do to help our church be the best that it can be is, number one, feeding and loving the flock. I have to always make sure I'm feeding you the word of God and loving you. I'm supposed to. I must. I owe you that. As I stand in God's presence to serve God. I owe you love. That's Bible. Owe nobody anything but love. I owe you love and I will feed you the word of God. That's very important to me. And the other thing, the second thing that I think is very important is leading our leaders. And that's what I need to do better at. I need to have more time with our leaders. I know I do it every uh, um, Wednesday, but we probably need to get a little bit more um, into the weeds with that so we can be better leaders in as, in a whole and so leading leaders because guess what we heard a great leader um, Art Hodges from out in California came and taught us on leadership and what he said was that as a pastor we need to and what we'll find ourselves doing is leading 20% of the church but the 20% of the church that we lead must reach down and help the other 80% of the church. 
And so we need to function in a way where the leaders are growing and getting stronger, which is my responsibility to make sure that's happening. And they're getting better. And as they get better, they can touch some more of the people. Now, it's broken up a little bit different than that, but I'm just giving you a big picture how it's supposed to work, that if the pastor will at least take 20% of the congregation and invest time and help them to be leaders and be strong and great leaders, then guess what? They will be effective enough to reach the rest of the congregation. But we have to do that because if we don't, leadership has to provide, well, that's my third one. Leadership must provide clear vision. Because that's how the leaders that the leader is leading will be effective is when they have clear vision. Again, we're experiencing it. We had a clear vision. And from start to finish, we've been on a roll in what we were supposed to do. I mean, I remember when we walked around the building and prayed. I felt like that was the finality. That was the finale of us following the plan everything else that would come even after that would be okay we've been doing that but i felt like when we walked around that building and pray that was the finale of saying we have done this we have done what we were able to do now god will do the rest and so vision when we have a clear understanding of what we're called to do and we aligned ourselves with the vision then the rest of it, God will take care of. But we always have to do our part. What I always tell you, if you do your part, God will do his part because God is not a man that he should lie. He can't lie. And if he says that his promises are yea and amen, then they are yea and amen. As we try to do these three things, as I try to do these three things effectively, my hope and prayer is that all of us will come in alignment with the vision the Lord Jesus has given us as a congregation. Purpose is a must, but if we're not in alignment with purpose, we will fail to fulfill what God has called us to do. Alignment. It's not just good enough to know, oh, I'm called to be like Jesus. I'm called to come alongside the Lord and uh, you know, fulfill his mission, which is to seek and to save the lost, which is to make sure those who are sick be ministered to. That's cool. You know that now. But if we don't align ourselves with that, meaning if we don't fix ourselves in in right uh, uh, alignment, in proper relationship, in proper order with God's purpose, with God's mission, then we won't fulfill it as we are supposed to. Somebody say, thank God. Let's stand. Alignment is necessary. We need to make sure we know purpose, what it is, but we must come in alignment. And we must function as the body of Christ, and we must not despise what God has called us to the body to do. Here is something from the Lord. What you're doing right now is not necessarily what God called you to do. God called David to be a king.
what you're doing right now, this is where we miss it sometimes. Take it from somebody that has lived a little bit. What you're doing right now doesn't necessarily mean that's what you're going to be always doing. So just be faithful to this. Come in alignment with God's purpose for your life, and you will see later on down the line, oh, this is where he was taking me. Yeah, we had no clue. None of us have any clue where he's taking us. And it's only by faithfulness and alignment and fulfilling his purpose will we end up where he wants us to go. David had no clue when he was in the, he probably was just like, man, well, no, he had a good attitude. He wasn't mad at his family for putting him out in the field, the youngest one. Some of us would have been like, I got a wicked family. I'm the youngest child and they have me out in the woods, in the, in the, in, in, in the fields, taking care of the shepherd. The oldest one should have been doing this. That's what these kids would have said today. Ain't no way none of these, hey, I ain't going to say it. These, these kids, hey, if y'all going to be king one day, kids, you can't be complaining. David was out in that field. He wasn't complaining. He was just taking care of the sheep and doing his thing. As a matter of fact, he made it comfortable. Wherever God has us, let's just do the best that we can do in being in alignment and living for God. Because where God has you right now may not be where you're going to always be. You don't know where he's going to take you, but trust him. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the gathering of the body of Christ. And Lord, we are thankful for where you have positioned us in the body. Lord, you're allowing us, Lord God, to be, oh God, a functioning part of the body. And we will not detest, despise, or doubt you, Lord God. I pray, Father, that every person tonight under the sound of my voice will take heed to the word that's been spoken into their hearing. And Lord God, they will understand it. If they don't now, Lord, I pray that you will bring clarity for them to understand your word. That God, they can come in alignment with your purpose. Lord, help us to grow into maturity in this church. Help us, Lord God, to be equipped, Lord God, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, Lord God. Help us, Lord Jesus, that whatever you have in store for us, we will be Oh, God, wise enough and sub submitted to you, Lord God, obedient to you, that you can work in us and through us, Lord. The gifts that you have placed in us to work through us, they're not ours, Lord. They're yours. But we say, use us in whatever way you want to use us, Lord. God, help us to stay together, to be in unity, that as we go forward in you, we can do what you want us to do, Lord God. We can fulfill, oh God, your purpose, and that, Lord, we will be more like you, uh, that we will be more like you uh, in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, that as we go from this place tonight, that you will keep us, your hand will be upon us, and that your blessings will continue to overflow in our life. Bless our seminar tomorrow night and Saturday morning. We want your will to be done. Bless our speakers. Anoint them. Let the will of God work into them and through them for your glory. Lord, give us safe travels as we go to our respective place of dwelling. Keep us, Lord God, until we come back together again, for we will not fail to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. 
for all these things we pray in Jesus' name. Somebody say thank you, Lord. Give him a hand clap of praise. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.